This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 21st, episode 24. Is it the 21st or the 22nd, Glenn? Oh, July 22nd. Uh-huh. See, I just read what's in front of me. <laughs> but I know there's a birthday tomorrow, and I, I, I was like, it has to be the 22nd. Okay. Uh, episode 2482 brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday morning. Dr. Jones joins us today for the Horse Nutrition Podcast Horse Health segment to tell us about first aid items every horse owner should have on hand and know how to use. Plus, on Crappy List Wednesday, we're doing everyday sights and situations which irritate us horse owners. And uh, Jamie has some really weird news. And so... Uh, lately, Jamie has been picking on me about one certain thing in some interviews we've been doing and stuff, and that is back during the height of pandemic time when everybody was totally locked down, I said, let's do some happy news because everybody's so depressed and we'll do happy news at the end of every episode. And then I kind of forgot about it and we moved on. This is what Glenn does. Glenn comes to me with like big ideas. He's got big ideas. And then like (laughs) two episodes later, I'm like... He forgot that he had that big idea and he's moved on. And that's working with Glenn is I have to go, okay, come back to me. What you (laughs) are going to suffer today because I have like 18 happy news stories that I am going to filter throughout the show just to punish you for picking on me so much about this. It's okay. I have weird news, and that's a segment we've stuck to because I don't forget. So, <laughs> Well, we're going to start with some happy news. We haven't talked about lotteries in a long time. Seems like for a while there, we're talking about lotteries all the time, but I don't know. Nobody's going to the store buy lottery tickets anymore except for this guy in North Carolina. So his name is Frank Drum. So he bought a $2 ticket and won $100. Then he used $25 of that $100 to buy another ticket. Well, he hit $1,000 on that ticket. So he bought another $25 ticket and won another $1,000. And then he went home, right? So he figured he had done pretty well. He won a couple thousand dollars uh, for his $2 ticket. Well, he decided to stop a couple days later and buy more $5 scratch-offs. And he bought he bought seven $5 scratch-offs and one $20 ticket. And on the $20 ticket, a couple days after he won all that money, he was a $100,000 winner. He said his wife called him only moments later and asked him to go out and run an errand. And he said, no, I need to come home. And she said, no, you need to go run this errand. And he said, no, I won $100,000. I'm going to come home. And she hung up, said to him, no, you didn't. And she hung up on him. <laughs> Because <laughs> she thought he was lying. Well, because he didn't want to run the errand. 
Well, he picked up his $100,000 at the lottery headquarters, and he said they're going to pay off their bills and put a little bit back in savings so when COVID is over, they can take a vacation. Boring! (laughs) I want to hear, we're going to go to Vegas, and we're going to make more. So yeah, so uh, $1, $2 ticket eventually led to $102,000 in winnings. So there, good for him, good for Frank. Bet his wife's not bitching anymore. Do you think he ran the errand anyway, by the way? Do you think he probably did? Because he was just afraid not to. That's the way we are. Well, I would... Oh, you're Daily Winnie's first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to play a different song for this. Okay. I want to congratulate Kara, one of, our, <laughs> one of our terrific okay. auditors, Kara, and Stanley, her brand new husband. They got married uh, like two days ago. Uh, they both looked great. It was a small wedding. If you remember right, I think I announced last week that they were engaged and congratulated for that. So they didn't waste any time. Pull the trigger, man. <laughs> Let's do this. Engaged, married in a week. But I, I think they'd been together for a long time. Stanley was on one of our Horse Husbands episodes. Kara plays horse in the morning in the clinic at Root and Riddle for the colicking horses every day. She's at work. She Come works on, in guys. the colic department. Poop <laughs> it out. Let's go. <laughs> so she makes it. them suffer. She actually sent me a video of her playing it. She plays it out loud in the clinic. I don't know if she's the only assistant in there or what. But uh, yeah, so the colicking horses. Hello, all colicking horses there at Root and Riddle. We wish you the best. I oh, hope you guys feel better soon. Yes, get better. And thank you, Kara, for sharing the love. Congratulations! Well, I'm going to do the birthdays today because Glenn did the weddings. I'll do the birthdays. And we have Auditor Leah Horn, who has a birthday. Wait a minute. Stop. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you. It's your first time. It is my first time. I don't do birthdays, and I kind of thought it was after. I don't know. Um, So happy birthday to Leah and also to the person who is most definitely not listening to this right now, my mother. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Mom. I did see it was her birthday. It's coming up tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow's the day. So I did one of those, like, because she is listening. My mom just got chickens for the first time. Like, and now that's all we talk about. Doesn't she live in the middle of the city? No, she, 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 she and my, uh, my stepdad, again, at 75, it's a great idea to go buy a farm. They bought 10 acres oh, really? and, um, yeah, that's not usually been... the way it goes. No, no, no I know. Um, <laughs> so they bought 10 acres and she has chickens now and she's obsessed with them. And I realize how much of a crazy person I must've sounded like when I first got chickens too, because I'm like, that's all we talk about. It's just the chickens. So <laughs> bless her heart. I sent her some. You did talk about the chickens for a long time, by the way. Yeah. 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 I, <laughs> what you learn now 10 years into having chickens is don't get attached to any of them because they're all going to die. Right. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> Very. Yeah. Some quicker than others, but they all die. Um, I think they, chicken ownership in the last three months during COVID probably has skyrocketed. Yeah, usually they don't sell baby chicks anymore, but there's such a high demand that they're still selling baby chicks at my t- at this the store. They're constantly uh, bringing them in, and they just said it's because the demand is so high. So yeah, my mom's one of those. So my mom will be getting in the mail tomorrow 
a uh, sign that says beware of attack chickens <laughs> and also a gift card to tractor supply because th- you need more you need chicken. chicken stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, our next door neighbor there, the pharmacists I've talked about, they just got chickens and build a little chicken coop and everything. And then we have other neighbors with chickens. So we don't buy eggs anymore. We just text the neighbor and they always have extra eggs. So it's, mm-hmm. people with chickens have a lot of eggs, a lot of extra eggs. I remember we used to ju- we just couldn't eat Unless all the eggs. Unless all of with your chickens we- <laughs> keep getting attacked by coyotes yeah. that are coming to the property or snakes that. Oh my God! I didn't tell you about the snake, Glenn. Did oh, I? Are we? Oh yeah, you can you can tell me about snakes. We're just not allowed to post pictures. Oh my God! So I got all these babies, and they kept disappearing from in in the coop. I mean, and they 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 start in like a little like a little plastic pool in my garage. And then once they're big enough and jumping out of there, they go into the thing and to the coop and our walls are corrugated metal. It's like flat and there's like a little raised bump and then flat and then a uh-huh. little raised bump. I went into the coop the other day and screamed bloody murder. Glenn, Holy cow. There was a freaking snake coming down through like the one little bump uh. in the metal. And <laughs> I kept wondering where my baby chicks were going. Now I know because they weren't, no, but nothing can get in the coop normally except for, <clears throat> are you sitting down? Yeah. Nine feet. Whoa. Nine feet. Remember I told you I saw an anaconda yeah. in my hay pile. Yeah, yeah. This is the anaconda. And he's this so was, grateful you're providing him lunch every day. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> and, and I'm like, what do I do? And so I'm screaming, of course, because he's, he keeps coming. Like he's coming down out of the pole and he just keeps coming. And keeps coming and keeps coming. And I'm like, he's still in the wall, yet he's all the way across my coop. And Chad said I, he probably was bigger than nine feet, but I don't want to imagine that it was any <laughs> bigger than that. Um, it was big enough. Like, if you put both your hands together That's in like an big M4, for a, like oh, a, uh, a United States snake, it was ginormous. I told you it was Is it an a anaconda. black snake. It was it was black with like brown diamonds on it. Anyway, um, he had been eating well for quite some time. <laughs> And um, I wanted to relocate him. And Chad is like, how on earth are we going to get this? I was like, we have to capture it. And we have to take it somewhere far away. And he's like, you're in Oklahoma. You have people like that there. We've all, we all know that now. Yeah. 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 It was um, anyway, it was a sad Snakes are us. There's no snakes are us. There was Chad and I and um, a rake and a shovel and I got to tell you that I sobbed like a child after we dispatched the snake. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just minding his own oh, business. Oh, you dispatched but, the snake. Got it. Okay, well, yeah. what I also found was that he had, I had some older baby chicks and I kept walking. I found two of them dead and like they were like flattened, like stretched. He was killing for sport in there because he couldn't eat them they were too big but he was just killing them and so i'm like chad's like if you're killing him he's killing these things for sport and he's eating everything and now you're afraid to go to the you've already been afraid to go to the hay pile now you're afraid to walk over by the chickens he's like how can you live like this he's kind of right about that you still have to live your life And I'm like, he was like, remember the thing, your thing was like, if uh, you can live as long as you don't scare me, like he's scaring you. (laughs) And there's only one way to dispatch a snake. And that's, it's unfortunate, but there's really only one way. I, I literally, I mean, I sobbed afterwards. I felt so bad. I just, it was terrible. It was a horrible experience. I never want to have to deal with that again from now on. Was he poisonous, by the way? Did you determine? 
Uh, I did not. I did not determine. But let me tell you something. When you pin them down, it doesn't matter. They're, if they're mad. Not they're they get really mad. Especially <laughs> when mean, they're that he big. Was, <laughs> he's going for the jugular. You know what I mean. So it, it was not. It was not a fun situation for any of us at all. <laughs> I told you about the day. I haven't told this story in a long time. By the way, if you're a new listener to the show, welcome. We're glad you're here. We do mention horses. We will get to that very shortly. Uh, but, you know, these things happen on farms. We have to deal with everyday life. And if you are a new listener, we recommend that you hang out for a week. Give us a week. We've been doing this show a long time, 2,500 episodes, 10 years. So there are some things we talk about that, you know, people that have been around a long time know what we're talking about, and you'll get used to us. Uh, It's a fun show. It's a morning drive radio show. That's what it's meant to be, but it's just about horses. I feel bad even admitting that we killed the snake. I really did not like being a You know, sometimes snakes got to go. I mean, it's just... It was so big. Oh, my God. So I was weed whacking the first farm. I I couldn't have known Jennifer for more than a year. We weren't even married. She lived at this farm, so I'm out there weed whacking. It was a hundred acres. There was a lot of fence line. To a weed proper whack. boyfriend. Yeah, a hundred acres of fencing to weed whack. Oh, nightmare. in Pennsylvania. So I'm out there weed whacking, and if I remember right, I had the blade on that day instead of the little wire, you know, little wire mm-hmm. things, because the blade would cut thicker stuff. So I had the blade on that day. I'm weed whacking, and I weed whack right over a rattlesnake. Oh, was God. curled up. I went right over the top of him. I saw him. He saw me. His head came up. I and I had no choice. I had to we I had to take uh, the saw blade to him because it was him or me at that point. He was yeah. not he was not gonna fool around at that point. I could tell that was striking was the next thing. But it's one of those things that happens so fast and you just react. It was gross. That was gross too, by the way. That's horrible. Yeah. But way to be like, you know, manly and be like, babe, I killed a snake for you. <laughs> we had we had rattlesnakes all over the place. They lived under the barn floor. There was a concrete barn floor and they made holes underneath and they so you'd come out in the morning and there'd be baby rattlesnakes sunning oh, themselves on the, on the on the cement there in the barn aisle i mean yeah. do i have any weird news stories about snakes <laughs> yes i do later on we okay, are going good. to get to snakes and weird news and this right. is something you're not going to believe in it happened in australia all right you let's cleanse ourselves from snakes for a moment and then we're <laughs> going to get to 11 everyday sites and situations that irritate us horse people. But first, let's cleanse. I have a cleansing story for you because I told you I was going to give you stories today. Oh, happy stories, happy stories. All right, so we have Teresa Mellis, who works as a traveling physician. So she volunteered during the height of COVID in New York City to take a 25-day contract to work 12-hour day shifts at the ICU in in North Central Bronx. So she was in the heart of it. She worked every day, 12 hours a day for 25 days, and it wasn't over yet. So she re-upped her contract and did another 25, so 50 straight days working in that hospital, 12 hours a day. She said when she was done, she needed some mental decompression. No kidding. And so she bought a ticket. This see if you would have the guts to do this. She bought a ticket one way to Portland, Oregon. She flew out there. She bought a bicycle out there. She didn't even have a bike. She bought a bicycle off of Craigslist the day she landed, and she started riding her bike east the very next day. She had Google Maps, and every night she would look at the roads and kind of figure out where they went. And she rode set. Uh, 
for 40 days across the country. She rode the entire country, averaging 100 to 130 miles each day. And she only took seven days off from her riding. Now, she did say that she just relied on people. She would stop at places. People offered her rooms. They offered her places to stay. They said she could take a shower. They fed her. And she did that all the way across the country. I don't know if that's decompression, in my opinion, but... Whatever, <laughs> whatever works for you. So here's this hero who just decided to fly and bought a bike off a of Craigslist and rode across the country. I mean, she had, she <laughs> was living right. Something's, her karma's good. <laughs> Jeez. I, I mean, mean, I'd bike a bike off of Craigslist. I rode it five miles and fall apart. You know, <laughs> it wouldn't last. But like to buy a bike off Craigslist and to navigate your way across the country as a female, I mean, that is really tough. That is and really no tough. Pre-planning. And you know what's in the way when you start, I don't care what part of this country you ride across, and she started from the west and went east, the Rocky Mountains are always in the way. You know, <laughs> they're there all the way up and down. So you got One day, run, you got... I just felt like running. Um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. One day, I just felt like biking. <laughs> exactly. All right, so the Horse and Hound did this. This is our crappy list Wednesday. 11 everyday sights and situations with irritate horse owners. How about when you see a perfectly flat green field or a golf course and it has no jumps on it? Let me, let me, let me talk about that one for a second. Um, Toby Keith country singer lives not too far from me. One of his homes. I mean, we don't hang out or anything, but I, you know, it's his house. Cause it has Have a you ginormous American flag. You can, you know, my father-in-law always points out there's Toby Keith's house. It's a, you know, on the way towards Moore, uh, where he was born. And it is this ginormous mansion on top of a hill. And there's a ginormous American flag. And the entire thing has double fence line four poster, you know, four rail, four board fencing all the way around it. Perfectly manicured, not a damn animal on the place. <laughs> not even a goat. <laughs> I mean, and they mow it to where they, you know, the lines are in it and stuff. The, the mow it, it looks like a manicure. It looks like Wrigley Field, but it's not. It's a perfectly good pasture with double fence line where you could be housing lots of animals that need help, Toby Keys. What are you doing? Oh, God, it pisses me off every time I drive by it. I'm like, there's not even a pile of poop in the yard. He has a new song coming out, My Big Empty Farm. (laughs) (laughs) One of my big empty farms. How about number two, when the supermarket runs out of apples or carrots? We don't have that problem around here because we live in Ocala. And when you walk into the supermarkets here, right in the front of the store, they sell 20-pound bags of carrots. They're huge. (laughs) They're huge. Because we are in horse country. That's when you know you're in horse country, when they sell 20-pound bags of carrots. Uh, You'd have to have a lot of horses to feed that many carrots, let me tell you. When people drive too fast on country lanes and roads. That now, this is, so is horse and hound, oh. and this is in the UK, yeah. and there are lots of people that ride on, on the, the roads. Road. And it, it happens is- here in our neighborhood. We live in an equestrian community, and there are people, it's 30 miles an hour in Ola community, and there are people who pass you at 50. Uh, how about when cyclists don't give way to riders on a path? Now, we have both here, and there are a lot of trails around here that are dual purpose. And And I will say that the times we've been out, they've been pretty good. Maybe it's because I'm in a carriage, and that's something they don't see a lot. Uh, but they have been pretty good about slowing down. But I know there have been people around here whine that the mountain bikers especially will pass them at 90 miles an hour and not 
Now I have a friend who is a, who was a fighter pilot and, or he is a fighter pilot, one of Chad's friends. And he asked me, he's like, how should I handle it when I am biking and there's some, uh, horse person coming through. And I was like, just, you know, slow down, even sometimes stop, let the horse pass. And he goes, I did. And this woman continued to yell at me about being, uh, in her way and scaring her horse. And I said, but you were stopped and she's riding by you and she's still mad at you. And he was like, yes. And I said, well, I want you to turn to her, look her in the eyes and go train your horse. Exactly. Exactly. We've even had some of the mountain bikers ask us when we're out there, what do you want us to do? So I think for them, you know, there's always jerks, but I think for the most part, you know, they're trying to get along. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I mean, look, you're out on the trail. Your horse better be somewhat spook proof. I mean, you're going to see deer and everything else out there. (laughs) Now, we have my arenas right by the road and bicycles zoom by all the time. And it's been great to train my horses. What does irritate me is I'm obviously like in a helmet and a vest, I'm doing the first ride in the arena on horse and somebody's driving by and they're like, honk, honk. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I hate you. Yeah. I don't well, know I fe- you, but yeah, I hate people, you. They are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> the way we train our horses too for that is we ride a, we have just somebody ride a bike along. So mm-hmm. we're riding the bike along with, the, as they're riding and doing turns and all that stuff. So they just kind of get used to it. Oh, I put a, I, I, in Arizona, we had those mare motels and it's just basically like pipe rail and my warm blood was so scared of bikes that I would feed him and sit on the bike next to him and just start pedaling backwards. Cause they could pedal, 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 mm-hmm. pedal, pedal. <laughs> that's what I did. I'm like, here you go. We're going to do this. We're just, this is our new thing. It's our new normal. <laughs> How about when the barn is used for storage and not stabling? You, you pass by a perfectly beautiful barn. We have a bunch of them in this neighborhood. As I said, we live in a question neighborhood. So there's 400 farms. And I would only, I would say right now, maybe 60% of them have horses or animals. Mm. One right up the street from us, beautiful. They built, it was a lot. They built a brand new barn and everything. And then some other people bought it. And it is just beautiful. The fencing's perfect. The barn is perfect. We rode by the other day. They're planning on building a house. And we stopped and chatted with them. And they said, oh, no, we're never getting animals. We, we'll just watch you with yours. <laughs> Why'd you move here? <laughs> Uh, how about when people ask if they can have a ride on your horse? Mm. Mm. I've, We've talked about that one before. No, there's a couple ways to handle that. People go, can I ride your horse? Like if you're in a public place, oh my God, I've always wanted to ride a horse. Maybe someday I can come ride your horse. I just always say, absolutely. That would be great because they're never actually going to follow up because you're <laughs> never going to call. They're not just going to be like, call you up. But if it push comes to shove and they're like, I really want to ride it. You know, I just say, I really wouldn't do that to you. I like you too much. That is a that good was always line. My what statement. are they going to do? That you? There's nothing to say to that, right? Like, so. mm, I like you too much to have you get on him. I don't want you to get hurt. He's not. He's not one that I would would trust. And they always like, oh, thanks. Okay, and then it drops it. I like because that, it turns horses, it around. When, yeah. I like sharing horses with people. I like it when they come out to ride. I mean, my God, I've had a riding school forever. I, I love doing it, but there's there's times and is not times to bring people out to ride your horse, especially if it's like a, a coworker that you don't really care for. And they're like, I want to come ride your horse. You're like, yeah, totally. That'd be great. Can I get your number? Okay. Hold on. I'm getting another call. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the last one, and then we have to, we have to get ready to give a call to Dr. Jones today for our horse health segment. 
And this is the ultimate one that pisses off horse people so bad. When people say horse riding isn't a sport. Mm-hmm. It's still my happens. brother always says, uh, you know, the horse does all the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's true. Totally yeah. right. Yeah. I do nothing. You do nothing. You just sit up there. Yep. I don't know. Hey, Stateline Tech, right now, if you head over to Stateline Tech, they still have that. Thir- do you think they just start forgetting to take the 30% off orders over $129 down? I don't see it. It's at the top. Oh, yeah. Left. You're, uh, no, I have. 25% off everything, 30% off orders over. I think everything's just, you just get 30% off. It's when the way it's it looks. <laughs> well, they're having a Christmas in July sale. Like that isn't, like, that discount isn't enough, right? Uh, so you can go for Christmas in July, the sale event of the season. Head over there right now. They have fly sheets. They have Kensington sheets. They have helmets and safety vests. And the helmets and safety vests are up to 50% off. Wow, that's a lot for a helmet and safety vest. You don't usually see them on sale at all. They have the Troxels. They have, they have the Troxel schooling helmets starting at $26. Mm. How do you do it? I'm looking at the bridles right now. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And they have the safety vests, which aren't cheap. They have them marked down too. So if you, if you need, Jamie never, you never ride without your safety vest with all these crazy thoroughbreds, right? Yeah. I usually, I mean, I've got to be pretty darn comfortable to not have my vest on. I even wear my vest when I'm doing things on the ground with them that potentially could get me kicked. So uh, if you've seen somebody get, you know, tagged in the rib cage. I, that, I don't want that to be me. So when I'm trying to, to introduce the horses to plastic or something, I always have the vest on just at least if I get drilled right there, maybe it won't be as bad. Boy. And I'm also looking Troxel is kicking up the paint jobs on their helmets. Aren't they? Yeah, they oh are. Oh my god! They always have been a little bit <laughs> a, yeah, a, ahead of the curve. Wow. With that. The Troxel FTX helmets, they have some wild designs on those. I love that Tipperary Sportage Hybrid. That's a cool-looking helmet. You know, it used to be helmets were just one cut co- Black. That was it. It was just black. That's all you could get was black, and that's all they had. But, God, some of these colors now are the really... The Ovation Metallic Protégé, which is awesome-looking and has lots of air, is $54.95. Yeah, mm. there are definitely some uh, quick, good sales on these things. Ovation Glitz for 99 Day. They even good. sell the tr- the helmet... Uh, what are they called? Uh, the Hell Hats. That's the... Uh, hat that goes around the helmet to keep the sun off, like the cowboy hat that goes yeah. around the helmet to keep the, They have those on sale, too. The uh, Troxel makes them now. Troxel's making hell hats now. Uh, so, yeah, you can get all of that right now on sale for... what? When Does it say when the Christmas sale goes to, by the way? I don't know. It says Christmas in July. It should last all of July. So get on there. <laughs> it's almost over. Yeah. Go find it. Go find what you need. They have everything there all marked out, including Ooh, Western stuff, extreme. English stuff. All kinds of stuff. All right, let's... uh, Oh, they even have the horse husband's nightmare hay nets on sale. (laughs) I like the hay bags. Horse husband's nightmare right there. The worst thing ever invented as far as horse husbands are concerned. All right, let's uh, talk a little bit about today's horse horse health segment and it's brought to you by the horse nutrition podcast on the horse radio network the horse nutrition podcast covers topics you will love it highlights the world's most extraordinary horses how they're trained and what kind of nutrition they're given a part of purina's full reign documentary series go to purinamills.com slash full reign to see them all and the latest episode is all about movie horses and it was very interesting and a whole lot of fun so take a listen to that 
All right. So Dr. Denny Jones has been coming on our show. I looked at her when her first appearance was. Do you like first year? I think it was. I, we, I looked at it last time. It was like no November, December of our first year, 10 years ago. That's right. It was a law. That's exactly right. She's been coming on with us for almost 10 years. She's from here in Florida, not too far south of us. Have you ever met her? No, we've never met in person. Ah. Nope, nope. She's down towards Orlando, and we've just never met. At least I don't think she's ever... Did we ever meet her at Rolex? No. I don't think so. All right, well, let's get Dr. Jones on, and we're going to talk a little bit about first aid items. I'm surprised after all this time she still comes on with us. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Jones. It's Jamie and Glenn. You're on the air. How the heck are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys doing? Great. We're so happy to have you on. And we were just reminiscing about how long it's been since you've started you've put up with us, probably, you know, about <laughs> 10 years. So, I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Fantastic. Well, we are going to talk today a little bit about, I, I like how we're kind of getting back to the basics here because we picked your brain about everything. I want to, I want to get to like the bottom of like the easiest stuff that we can do uh, medically to as horse owners to make your job easier. And what we're going to talk about, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to talk about today is first aid items that every horse owner should have on hand and know how to use. So take us through the list. I'm getting a pen and I'm going to write it all down. (laughs) Well, make it easier. I do have a list on my website that might make it easier for you. That way tell our clients to download or take a look at and fill their box. My, ultimate, believe it or not, number one favorite item in a first aid kit is a thermometer. Mm-hmm. I have yes. had more often than not recently, especially in the heat in Florida, have people call up and say, my horse is colicking. I gave it some banamine. It's not doing any better. You know, it's really lethargic, but it's not doing that rolling thing. And I said, do you have a thermometer? Oh yeah. Take a temperature. 103, 104. It's overheating. It wasn't even colicking. The horse mm-hmm. was just overheating. So thermometer is, it will save you. It will save you a lot of headache and a lot of worry. So now, digital rectal thermometer from Walgreens or some sort of pharmacy will work just fine. That was my question is, are those digital ones that you get for $6 at the CVS, are <laughs> they accurate enough? Are they worth it? Yes. Yes. Because if they've got a fever, it's going to read it. If they are average, it's going to probably read low. Okay. And they never get hypothermic. Those poor horses up in the Arctic that they're not the Arctic, but you know, Canada staying out in the snow, they're not getting hypothermic. They're, they're fine. They got coats on them. They're doing great out there. It's rare that you see a hypothermic animal unless it's a neonatal foal or a young foal. They definitely can't thermoregulate. Well, the adult oh. horses, it's a fever you got to worry about. So if you're, if your digital thermometer reads 97.9, don't think they're chilly and you got to put a blanket on them. <laughs> if you didn't get a proper reading. What's the, what is the normal for a horse? Normal is between 99 and 100, 100.9, they say. Here in Florida, we can see it go up to 101 and change because a dark horse standing out in the pasture eating will absorb a lot of heat in, and they'll be like 101.2, 101.3, and that's really not a fever. It's just they're a little bit overheated and need to probably get in the shade for a little bit. That's all. Okay. Question about you, you mentioned that you get a phone call from a client. Hey, my horse is colicking. I gave it banamine. How 
does that make you feel when they say they've already medicated it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're off into a different subject here. But (laughs) it's usually from clients that I have trusted that I've uh, given out the banamine to. And I know that might sound a little bit, you know, negative to some people, but I have a very strong conversation. The very first time I hand banamine out to a new client or a client that has asked for it that I've known for years and said, these are my rules. I'd like to know when you give it, not because I'm coming out and I'm going to charge you money, not because I'm going to charge you money for the phone call. I want to know when you have a problem because if that banamine's not working in an hour, we need to make another decision, whether I'm coming out, you're doing something different and you're hauling into me, whatever it is. We are not going to wait three, four hours. It's still not getting better. We're going to add more banamine on top of that and add more banamine on top of that. No, we're not having that situation. We are having a strong conversation that it's used once. And if it doesn't work, you call me. Gotcha. I mean, I just remember as a vet tech, it would be so frustrating because a horse that was having a lot of problems, they would call us and they're like, we just gave it banamine, but come on out. And then you get out there and you're like, what am I looking at? Because they don't have, you know, their fever's down, all of the things are working. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's a, a dip, more difficult to diagnose what actually was happening with the horse in the first type place because the banamine exactly. is masking it. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And especially if they're given more than one dose. Most of my clients, they'll give a very a small dose, but they won't even give a full dose because they're nervous about giving it. But um, a lot of them will call me before they give it. They're like, we're having this problem. Should we go ahead and try the banamine? I'm like, go ahead and try it. If it's not any better here in the next 30, 30 to 60 minutes, give me a holler back. We're going to go down a different road. But they've already taken the temperature because they know that's the first question out of my mouth. What is the horse's temperature? So they'll call me and say, took the horse's temperature. It's 99.9 but it's not wanting to eat its meal. What do I do? You know, can I give the banamine? So I've, I've tried to over 25 years, get them trained per se. <laughs> I love it. I love that you're taking the time to educate them and not just passing it out. Um, so the temperature is the first thing that we need in our kit. What is the next yes. thing? Oh, and by the way, it's a rectal digital thermometer that gives you a clue of where to take the temperature. Yes. New horse owners don't have a clue. So yes, be very careful, have two people, stand with your back to the person holding the horse in case the horse kicks you, stand close to the horse. And I always tell people wear a glove if they want to, and they can kind of touch around the little anus area so that they don't get kicked and the horse knows what's coming. I scratch the tail head to get them to lift their tail up. They might pass a little gas. Of course, when they pass the gas, it's going to decrease your temperature a little bit, but not if they got a fever, it's not going to decrease it enough. They're really going to they're going to show you a fever and 102 or more is what I get really concerned about. One advantage of being a horse husband is I just say, that's one thing horse husbands don't do. And I'm out. I just, you, you can hold the horse. That's what I do. I hold the the front end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then my next um, favorite thing to have, um, granted in my list, the second thing is stethoscope, but not a lot of people know how to use them and that's fine. And not a lot of people can get to them. My next favorite thing to have in a first aid kit is wraps because of lacerations cuts because those are the next most common thing horses get into is into a fence uh, into a kicking match into something off of a trailer so i recommend that people get those toolboxes that have the little tray on the top but they have the big cavity underneath and that big cavity underneath can hold four quilt leg wraps four standing wraps four rolls of four inch vet wrap uh, a roll of cotton they really can hold that if you get the right size toolbox and those are items that you're going to need to wrap a bleeding wound. You can get the gauze pads. You can get the non-adhesive gauze pads. 
You can get the gauze rolls, all those things to hold a bandage on. But the primary thing to stop bleeding is having a quilt wrap and standing wraps and vet wrap and roll cotton. You just keep adding it on top of each other. If the bleeding is severe, just keep adding on top. You never take a bandage off when you have severe bleeding because then you've just opened up and taken the clot away. So you always add on top the bandage. And I always say do a quilt or cotton first then a vet wrapper standing wrap. If that doesn't work, do another quilt or cotton again and a vet wrapper standing wrap on top of that. So you just keep adding on top while you're waiting for the vet to come out. Interesting. So you just keep building, you never pull it off because you've already got something happening under there. So you just keep adding to tighten right. it until the vet gets there. Fascinating. Right. I'm look. Always heavy pressure. Yeah. That's a really good thing to have, like a, one of those just go bags with for for bleeding. Yeah. The bloody go bag. I love it. Um, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there? So I named off those things. So just for simple wounds, you can handle these on your own. You've uh, learned how to roll, you know, roll your bandages from your vet, or you've done a little first aid course, or you were in uh, day camp where I taught them how to do bandaging is some antibiotic ointment. I'm a fan of the Neosporin um, ointments that you have in your house. There's easy ones to put in those little carry cases. Um, the Novasan ointments, or they're called chlorhexidine ointments, those are great. Uh, nitrofurazone, um, we can use that in some wounds. So some sort of antibiotic ointment for smaller wounds that you can put on there and you can wrap them again with the bandaged material you've got in there and keep it Keep it clean. The other way of keeping it clean that I like to have in my uh, first aid kit is uh, sterile saline. And they have those spray sterile salines or they have sterile saline washes for your eyes, for your contact lenses. You can get those and use those to spray out wounds and get the dirt and debris. Worst case scenario, always use a hose. They, they've shown in the medical journals that tap water doesn't really have, uh, you know, that's perfectly fine to use on an initial wound to get all the dirt and debris off of it. It's not going to cause a lot of bacterial infection by just rinsing with tap water. But if you want to stay sterile, you can do the sterile saline wash um, or sterile saline spray that they're, they're at all the drugstores. And you just put one of those cans in there or one of those little bottles in there. That's awesome to know that because you can get them where they're, they shoot out just a tiny little stream because they're for contact lenses, but you can spray yeah. a wound out. That's a great idea. Now, I am glad to know that the hose is not going to introduce bacteria into a wound considering I drink out of the hose about 10 times a day. So <laughs> that's yeah, probably good. I do too. I, I'm still a kid at heart. <laughs> I'm thirsty. I need a hose. <laughs> well, okay. some people would be worried it's over a joint and if you know, they're all concerned. They don't want to put a hose on it. Those sterile, sterile saline eye washes and sterile saline sprays are perfect for those areas. All right, good. Okay. We've got that. Now what, anything else that we need to have? Yeah. But I do love a, having any a bacterial solution. Ba yeah. Okay. The stethoscope is good to have, but let's get to finish on the wounds and say the antibacterial solutions like the, I think they're called povidone, and you'll see on the blue bottles and, and Walgreens and CVS and Rite Aid and all those other ones, and betadine or even chlorhexidine. And I don't like to use them straight. I always dilute them out in the sterile salines, and, or you can just dilute them in a water bottle or take a sip out of your little, um, was it, a pint uh, water bottle, take a quick sip out of there, put a little bit in there, make a weak tea look with the betadine or a sky blue color with the chlorhexidine. And that's enough of a disinfectant. You do not have to use it straight. In fact, it can be cytotoxic. 
meaning killing cells, if you use it straight. So dilute it out and use that to clean the wounds out as well. And the vet will be thrilled you did that before they got there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. God, I'm, I got a shopping list. You're making me yeah, a nervous wreck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I threw on there diapers. Like, people like to do the diapers for the hoof wrap. I like cotton a little better, but, you know, diapers are easy to have. Uh, you can use the little white tape bandage or elasticon, um, four-inch elasticon. Those are great extras to have. But the primary things I have listed at the very top, you know, basically uh, 1 through 12. I, I did add duct tape in as my number 13 item. It's great for, like, the hoof to put something on the toe area. I can't keep it in my truck. It gums up so bad. Oh, so that's yeah. something I'd have to keep in my house or in the refrigerator because it, I just can't use it. But it's, it's good to have around and on hand for that. And then I've had, and this does not fit into your toolkit, but I have tools to pull shoes. How many times do you get a horse that steps off the trailer, clips itself, pulls a shoe up, steps down right on the clip? You know, that, that happens at almost every horse show. And if you had your own tools to just pull that shoe off, you could soak that foot and probably carry on without a shoe at that show. Unless they had the farrier there. So, I mean, there's right. just, or you get out to go for a trail ride, pull it off and then carry on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and because those shoes that are hanging halfway off can be pretty damaging if they're, you know, leaning towards the inside of the horse's, you know, the medial side of the, the horse's leg. So just, you know, that is a good thing to have for sure. Yeah. And then the last thing I have is prescription meds and that I leave up to you and your veterinarian. And um, I believe that an eye ointment, bar none, should definitely be in your toolbox as well as butte. But it's up to your vet about banamine, penicillin, sulfa, you know, SMZ tabs, whatever. That's between you and your veterinarian and the relationship you have with your veterinarian. But I think an eye ointment like the teramycin you can get over the counter or a triple antibiotic you get from your vet. I don't see any dispensing those out. Yeah, no, no um, steroid in it, just uh, the three antibiotics uh, and then a non-steroidal like a butte. Gotcha. Fantastic. Well, I was just looking through your website, floridaequine.com, and there is a whole section called client forms. And it's, I mean, things from colic checklist, broodmare nutrition, hurricane preparedness, general care of your horse, uh, timeline for the first 24 hours after birth, a newborn full care. This is such a great educational website. Again, you guys, it's floridaequine.com. You can read all of these things and they've got also got, uh, if you missed any of these writing them down that Dr. Jones mentioned equine emergency first aid kit is in the list of client forms. And for all of you that live on the Gulf Coast, and speaking of hurricanes, tropical storm Gonzalo formed this morning in the Atlantic Ocean heading toward Puerto Rico. So there you go. Shut up. Yeah, (laughs) be prepared. Fantastic. Thank you, Dr. Jones. FloridaEquine.com. Senior equine care. Yeah, I got to check that. Let's see. I got a couple seniors to take care of. All right. Thanks, Dr. Jones. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye. So this health segment, Glenn, do you want me to read it or sure. do you want to? Go ahead. 
The health segment was brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast on the Horse Radio Network. Now in their third season, each show highlights some of the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and what kind of nutrition they're giving to help fuel their performances. Episodes this year include training Hollywood movie horses, therapy horses, helping veterans, and an inside look at traditional charro horsemanship. It's all part of Purina's free full rain documentary series. Go to PurinaMills.com slash full rain to see all the films, interviews, and podcasts. Before we get to weird news, I have another news story for you because I promised you many today to drive you insane. And this <laughs> one's kind of cool, though. Uh, this was put out by the Nobel, Nobel Prize Committee. And in 1931, Albert Einstein, who, who lived in Germany at the time, decided to make a trip to the United States. Well, there's only one celebrity Albert Einstein wanted to meet, and that was Charlie Chaplin. Char he loved Charlie Chaplin. He wanted to meet Charlie Chaplin in the worst way. So they arranged a meeting between Albert Einstein, who was already a Nobel laureate at that point, and Charlie Chaplin was like the hugest Hollywood star ever. I mean, you know, in that day, he was it. So he, they arranged the meeting, and they apparently, after this meeting, became lifelong friends. They were friends for a long time. But this is what was said, and this was the coolest part of this whole meeting that they did in New York. There's actually pictures of them together, and it was done at Universal Studios. So Einstein said to him, what I admire most about you is your art. It is your universality. You don't say a word, yet the world understands you. And Charlie Chaplin came back and said, true, but your glory is even greater. The whole world admires you, even though they don't understand a word of what you say. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I just love those quotes. They're, that's a terrific quote. And apparently that is what they said to each other. Um, and it, they both make sense, right? So I just thought it was kind of cool. And there's some really cool pictures of the two of them together. And apparently they wrote to each other the rest of their lives. Wow. So isn't that cool amazing. how two totally different worlds yet they had so much respect for each other? That's that's I just thought that was a great story. Hey, one other thing I wanted to tell you about before we get to weird news is Equiderma. It's having a special right now through midnight on July 31st. You can buy one gallon of Equiderma's horse spray and receive a one-quart spray bottle for free. If you remember, was it last week we talked to Dr. Marcella of the University of Florida about about flies and how to get rid of flies and everything. And she said she used Equiderma horse spray. Equiderma horse spray is all natural. It's eco safe and it's backed by the power of neem leaf oil. It has aloe gel in it. It has citronella, eucalyptus, tea tree oil, lemongrass, and on and on and on. It smells great and you, it never leaves a greasy oily residue. I love this spray. Uh and I just think it smells so refreshing in a barn. Well, and I think one of the reasons she liked it is because it also protects the skin. So because of all the oils and things it has in it, it protects the skins from bacterial issues and fungal issues. And, you know, whereas some of the harsher sprays don't do that. They irritate the skin. Mm -hmm. So you can use it with confidence to protect yourself and your horse. Get your free sprayer by visiting Equiderma.com today. That's Equiderma.com. All right, time for some weird news. And that was supposed to give me time to find the uh, this. Well, the first thing we're going to do, Glenn, is we're going to head over to Ireland. 
Ireland is such a wonderful country. I loved visiting there, but Dublin I found to be a bit chaotic. There's cars and there's traffic and there's just like people coming around. However, police in Ireland rounded up a pair of horses that were loose in the middle of Dublin. They they don't know. So they're saying that they the horses are believed to have been left unattended Friday at the Royal Canal in Drumcondra. I don't know what any of that means. And then they spent the weekend wandering the city. Just That's right. They were visiting. It was vacation. They were just, yeah, they were just <laughs> hanging out and got an Uber and went on down to the, you know, Guinness factory. Uh, they, they were located and rounded up they were located in Dublin. In a pub. <laughs> They were in the city center, Dublin city center, <laughs> when they were finally caught. They were examined by vets, not microchipped, and the there was it was like a mini and a paint horse, uh, and the mini is being uh, treated for unspecified ailments, but the other one they're pretty much unhurt. Probably travelers is what we always determine in that case, right? Go to the the Jameson <laughs> factory, man. So they need it's probably where they're headed. That's probably they didn't even let them get there. They're probably pissed. I know. Next story. Sorry. When you see an Oklahoma news story, I've got to bring it to you. And this is an Oklahoma news story that Glenn has a happy ending. Oh, wow. There's, I know. <laughs> there's a restaurant in Oklahoma City called Gaiute's Restaurant. And I'm assuming that it is some sort of barbecue joint because on the 4th of July, they discovered that a <clears throat> Jezebel, the ginormous 300 pound pig statue from outside the <laughs> restaurant was stolen. Jezebel went missing, Glenn. They were like, somebody had to, the, the, the owner said, I'm guessing, it was, <laughs> is it, I'm guessing it was a few people or they had a forklift because she's around 300 pounds. She's solid concrete. <laughs> the restaurant then put out a public plea for the pig's return. And an anonymous tip last week led to the pig being dropped off across the street from the eatery. Jezebel <laughs> is not unscathed, however. Oh, Sadly, no. she is missing an ear. But otherwise, she's all right. <laughs> well, you know, pig's ears. Some people like them. Some people like yeah, them. Yeah, they said they're not pressing charges. They just wanted their pig back. And congratulations. The pig has been rich. Jezebel has made it home. It's kind of hard to hide a 300-pound pig uh, in your front yard. Well, why would you want a 300-pound I, I don't know. All right, this one. This is my last one. And this one's going to. This is enough. Okay, this is a good one to end on. Queensland, Australia. There's a man driving a truck. His name is Jimmy. And Jimmy was speeding. Okay. Police pulled him over on June 15th because he was speeding. He said he'd never been so happy to see the police and the, the lights flashing because Jimmy was driving down the road 
fighting off the eastern brown snake, one of the deadliest snakes in the world, as it tried to wrap himself around his leg as he drove along. He was driving and fighting it off, keeping it at bay with his seatbelt and a knife. He said, I'm driving along at 100. I started to break. The more I moved my legs, it just started to wrap around me. Its head started striking at the chair between my legs. <laughs> Between my legs. Every guy just he squirmed. Said, uh-huh. Yeah, I was reading this. He said, luckily he escaped the ordeal, was not being bitten, had not been bitten, but the adrenaline was so high. I mean, it's, he's fighting off the most poisonous thing. Yeah, you kind of lose car. track of how fast you're going. He gets pulled over and he's like, I think it's bitten me. It was in the car with me. You can feel my heart, mate. He said, it was pretty terrifying. I've never been so happy to see red and blue lights. The Queensland police officer spokesman said in a statement, although the traffic officer had heard his fair share of excuses for speeding, he soon realized this was not just another colorful tale, promptly sought medical assistance. He was checked him over. They had to check him over for bite wounds, but also for shock. And they happy ending. (laughs) There's only one place that has more deadly things in Florida, and that's Australia. Australia. (laughs) Everything is trying to kill you in Australia. They decided the good news is Jimmy is going away, uh, going home unscathed. They decided not to find him, find him for speeding. I hope not. (laughs) He's lucky to be alive. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine that, though? Can you just imagine that? Oh. oh my God! No, I can't imagine. <laughs> I, was, I, I had a we had fire ants last year in our car that took a while to get rid of, and that ain't any fun. I can't imagine a snake. Ugh. By the way, there are photos of it in his truck. Just so you know, that he wasn't making it up. They actually <laughs> saw the snake in his truck. I'm sure it was dispatched. Sometimes well. they get into the engine compartment and come through there. And that's oh probably, God! Oh yeah, God! Stop it! <laughs> I have I mean, one. There's breaking news. Breaking news. I have one more for you. And then I have a question for you that was put up by one of our auditors. So this is my last happy story of the day. I've loaded you with happy stories today to make you all feel better on this Wednesday. And it's another lottery story. So this is out of Jamaica. A Jamaican man who goes by the name of Brown. It's because he doesn't want his name out there. And he was so adamant. Apparently in Jamaica, you have to pose for the picture with the check. It's required. In some states, it's... In here in the United States is that way, too. You don't have a choice. If you want your money, you have to pose. Well, he put out his name as Brown, and he posed for the check for $600,000 that he won in a Darth Vader outfit. That's right, <laughs> the complete Darth Vader outfit. He was dressed as the Dark Lord of the Sith from the Star Wars films. He wanted to keep his identity hidden because he hadn't told many people about his luck. Yeah, no kidding. Um He said, life has always been rough. I come from a poor family. Sometimes I couldn't attend school because my parents didn't have the money for it. But I told myself that God will help me one day so I can help my family. So there's his heart there. What a good guy. He's like, and I'm not helping any of these a-holes are going to come knocking down my (laughs) door. So exactly. And and the islands ain't doing well without tourists right now. So he said he has potential plans for the money include buying a house and doing some investing. So good for Brown. Good for Darth. Well done, Darth Vader. Vader. Well done. And I have named himself Black because (laughs) Darth Vader is all black. 
I, I wonder if his last name actually is Brown. But there's probably a lot of those on the island. Uh, so uh, Nicola wants to know, and this was a question she posed today when I asked, what do people want us to talk about in the post show, which we will have. We're going to be talking in the post show today for the auditors. We're going to answer another question that a listener had. Uh, but first, I, we can answer this one right now because it relates to all my stories today. She said, if you want $100,000 today, what would you buy? If you had to spend it, what would you buy? <sighs> All right. And then what would your husband let you buy? $100,000. I mean, right now, one of my my friends that lives in Georgia is a Lipizzan breeder, and she has a two-year-old colt uh, that she bred, and I'm like, super want this horse like uh, how cool would it be to own a lipazon right yeah yep. and so i actually been talking to chad i like brought it up last night i was like she'll give me a really good deal she's a friend oh my god can i have this horse and so of course he's like i you know you just gotta plant the seed so i just planted the seed um but yeah for the most part i, I think i would go definitely if i had a hundred thousand dollars i would go buy that lipazon cult i'm obsessed with horses it would be something <laughs> it would be a horse would i would buy horse. a horse and chad would buy if he let's say he had half of it what would he buy um, you know what Chad would do with a uh, half of a hundred thousand dollars is he would join a country club because I won't let him do it until he, we've been here a couple years and like established his work with our furloughing people and all this. He would want to join a. Co- Why am I mentioning Toby Keith twice in one episode? Toby Keith has a country club that Luke, Chad would really like to join. Uh, <laughs> Does Toby road. go to the country club? Or yes, yeah. apparently he goes there all the time. It's his golf club. I mean, he um, plays golf. Toby Keith has a golf club, and so yeah, that is what Chad for would do. Some reason would join. I never put Oklahoma and golf together. In my mind, a, I mean, there's golf everywhere, Glenn. I know, there's but just it's like just so, I never think everywhere. of Oklahoma and golf for some reason. You think of certain states in golf, like South Carolina and Florida and California, but I never think of Oklahoma, Arizona. So $100,000, I would buy a horse. Chad would join a golf club. What would you do? Well, I would take a very long cruise of Europe. Uh, I've, you know what I've always wanted to do, and you probably would even consider maybe doing this one, is I always wanted to do one of those river cruises that went through one of the rivers of Europe. It's like 11, the Viking 12. River yeah, the cruises. Viking ones, the real small boats. I, I, but they stop every day at ports. I always wanted to do one of those, but they're like 10 grand to start. I mean, they're not cheap. So I, I would definitely do that. Jennifer would want to get, uh, she'd want to get a, I keep, I keep not not wanting to buy another property because of maintaining it, and I like renting. And she keeps wanting to buy a, a log cabin fixer upper, which I, I think keep I'm too, seeing her posting yes. things on Facebook. Yeah, I about took the last one down. <laughs> so, really? Yeah, because uh, like I just I have no interest. I just I'm at the age where I don't want to be fixing things all the time. I just don't want to. So mm-hmm. I think you know. And the other thing that if we had a lot of money that I would definitely get is another draft horse. I'd get another Pertron. Oh yeah, you'd buy yeah. a horse. You buy a horse. I'd too. buy a Look horse too. You. I'd get a Percheron. The reason we don't get a Percheron buying it's cheap. It's a bale of hay a day at Florida prices. <laughs> so yeah, that's undoable. I, I mean, my gosh, it's fifteen dollars a bale we pay, and at Florida prices, fifteen times thirty. What's that come out to a month? Figure that one out. Yeah, so, but you'd have to. Uh, I mean, a standard bale. I would assume they probably would eat more than that. Yeah, they're about a bale a day. Uh, when we had them, that's what they were, a standard bale. 
you know, yeah, now you could get around bail and, you know, save some money that way. But uh, yeah, they eat a lot. <laughs> and their yeah, feet cost yeah. more. Everything costs more. It's just more expensive. Yeah. And in That's Florida, true. you know, we lived in Pennsylvania, made our own hay. We had, you know, we had a couple of them. But boy, it's hard to do if you're... It's just hard to do. <laughs> Speaking of husbands and my husband, you know, buying things, can I just, let's see, how are we doing on time? Can, yeah, can I tell you? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story and this is, you're going to appreciate this because I really think that COVID and all of this, my husband not working as much has made him go a little bit crazy. Hey babe, can you hear me? <laughs> okay. Never mind, buddy. Sorry, that was Lucas. Okay. Has made him crazy because he, are you sitting down, Glenn? Do you know what my husband said to me two days ago? He's like, you know what I think we should do? Oh, no. You're not going to move I again, think, are you? Yes, I think we should buy a boat. <laughs> you have I'm any water? Are there any water? What? Another thing I don't put together is Oklahoma and water. There's a lot of lakes around here. And he's like, I just think it'd be fun to like go out on the lake on our boat and fish or whatever. Like, I just think that, and I, I'm like dumbfounded looking at him. I'm and my respect. He's like, what do you think? I think we should get a boat. What do you think? And I, I looked at him and I said, I feel like after 10 years of marriage, you should know my response to this. (laughs) 10 years we've been married. And long time listeners will know your response to that. We buy an effing boat. Are you kidding me right now? I don't like, I don't do boats. Maybe that's why he wants a boat. I don't do water. I don't do boats. Do you think maybe that's why he wants a boat? It's because you You don't do water. We have 20 acres. You can go to the other side of the property if you want to be around. And what's more expensive than horses? The only thing more expensive than horses. I'm going to get Boats. you on a boat to go fishing. <laughs> My wife who doesn't do water ever. Like, how do you even know me? I feel, do you know what he did Did yesterday? he say he wanted you to go along? I'm going to keep coming back to that. Let me tell you something, Glenn. This is how my relationship is going right now. I am in the barn. Chad was on a trip. This is two days ago. I'm in the barn. I'm going to give you all a little taste of my marriage right now. I'm in the barn. I'm like sweating. My hair is like bedraggled. I'm wearing dirty clothes. And I get a text message from him that says, oh, pull my phone out. And he's on a trip. And it says, I find you very attractive. And do you know what my first thought is? He hasn't seen me lately. Who is he texting? (laughs) He has texted the wrong woman and I am going to murder him. How dare he send a text message out to some cute little flight attendant saying, I find you very attractive because he clearly can't mean me. (laughs) Okay. What did you write back? I wrote back. I think you just texted the wrong person. And did he and respond? He, yes. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't text the wrong person. You psycho. Like, <laughs> I can't text my wife and tell her, find her. I'm like, listen here. I don't you lie to me. Don't you lie to me and tell me you meant to text me. I find you very clearly. You were sending that to somebody else because this train is not one you should want to get on right now. Cause I, this is nasty. Like I am sweaty. It's humid. I'm like dirty. I've been mucking stalls. Like there is nothing attractive about me right now. Now, granted he couldn't see me at that moment. Um, so he has since promised to me like, cause it's a, it's a thing now. He's promised me, like he repeatedly goes, I can't believe you thought I was texting somebody else. Like, how dare you? Like, yeah, that what? is kind of insulting to him. 
<laughs> no, but I was like, how do you think I felt? Okay, He's so what, what, woman how long have you two actually been together? Not just married, We've been but together, together 12 years. Okay. <laughs> Can we and talk yes, honestly here, my friend? You know, you and I have been friends almost 12 years. <laughs> I so, need medication. All right, yeah. Well, we're going to talk honestly here. The fact that this man has put up with you for 12 years, you should just be thankful you're getting any texts at all. <laughs> Let me just throw that out there, okay? I'm being honest here. I mean, it's like waking up from a dream. You had a dream that your husband slept with somebody else and you wake up mad. That's pretty much what happened with him. I was like, I got this text to him being so sweet. And I'm so pissed. Like, oh my God, you texted some other woman. I cannot believe you. How dare you send a message like that to somebody that you don't even know? I, I, he was like, I sent it to you. <laughs> Send it to you. This poor I knew guy I cannot. You're never getting a text again. <laughs> he is never texting you again, ever. Oh God! I'm like, and then he's like, "Let's buy a boat." And I'm like, "Are you trying to drown me? Are you trying to murder me? You want to get out of here? What is happening?" <laughs> You know Dad. what I would do at this point if I were you? I'd let him have his boat. And uh, you two need a break. You need, need some time. <laughs> he needs some he time away. Yeah, I don't know. I does. need some time away right now, too. So I'm kind of getting it. I might even think about buying a boat. Uh, and I don't right. even fish. I think fishing is the most boring thing in the world because my ADD kicks in and I got about five you, minutes of fishing. You don't seem like a fisherman. No, I got about five minutes and I'm done. Now, deep sea fishing was a different story. I liked deep sea fishing. <laughs> no. Oh, I did All right, that one so time. we have hit a lot of nerves today. We've talked about snakes. Uh, we've talked about water. That hits a nerve with Jamie. But we've been happy, too, because we've talked about winning the lottery. And we've talked about Einstein. We've got the a lot in today. Get bit show. on the wiener by the snake. Okay, yes. I mean, no, that's a good story. That's a good story. That's right. It had a happy ending. And so, on that note, we're going to end on a happy note and say tomorrow is the sales episode with Kayla and Charlie from Australia. Speaking of Australia, and uh, you'll get to hear his Australian accent tomorrow. And then on Friday, we're doing some really bad ads. So get your ads into Jamie or Jimmy. <laughs> Try this, Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. <laughs> so send it into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. We have some now, great I, prizes this month. I would can I can I just end on this this um thing that one of our listeners wrote. Okay. And we're gonna, by the way, auditors hang out. We're gonna have a after show. Okay. Now did you get all your sp- stuff out? I want you as soon as I finish this. With the hashtags, I want you to just hit the music, Glenn, okay? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, this is from Tiffany, one of our auditors who posted this. And she says, I took a dressage lesson about a month ago, and the instructor recommended I start riding my OTTB in spurs because he was not paying much attention to my leg cues. I've ridden him in spurs before, so I begrudgingly wore them for the past month with no issues. I prefer not to use spurs. I generally have decent control of my leg position, and my toes are usually pointed forward and not out, but yet I still worry that I'm going to unintentionally jab my horse with the spur. So today I was riding said OTTB with my phone tucked into my tall boot, playing the latest episode of retired racehorse radio 
Jamie proceeds to describe her training tip of making a bolter run in small circles to discourage bolting. And you don't want to reward them by stopping and getting off after they bolt because you got scared and pulled them up as soon as he bolted. So at this point, we've walked and trotted one direction and we reverse. Two to three strides into our trot, he starts bucking. Ugh! I somewhat steer his bucking towards the fence and he stops at the fence line. Gather ourselves together and think, well... We can't stop now and reward this behavior. We'll trot some 10 meter circles. We proceed back into the working trot, tracking left and do a few circles. He pops his head up, sticks his nose out. And in the blink of an eye, I have no semblance of control. And he goes into a much bigger bucking fit. I'm no longer centered in the saddle. I'm leaning left, trying to grab mane and I can feel it. My left spur is now digging into his barrel and I can't stopping the MFing spur. Why am I wearing spurs? Double. Uh. My right stirrup is now gone, but my right right leg is wrapped around his barrel pretty well. Damn dressage puts your stirrups so long and barely useful anyway. Y'all remember Jamie's training tip on hit him a while back that said when they buck, you need to move him forward. Well, guess what? I have unintentionally just sent him forward with the dang left spur. The bucking is stopped. He's now running. Okay. I should be able to stay on now and ride this out. He's just running. We're in a round pin. There's nowhere to go. If I can just get back into a decent seat, push myself up onto his neck and I get back up right and mostly centers and the left spur is no longer on him. So then he resumes bucking before I can find my right stirrup. WTF by the grace of God, dressage knee blocks and whatever synthetic material a Wintec Isabella is made out of. I stayed on, finally got him settled down, walked a bit, dismounted to see if I could swap him to the Waterford bit and he jigged out the gate and generally acted squirrely in hand. I still don't know what his problem was. The Waterford wasn't in the tack room. I secured his reins and let him run around the round pen for another workout and he still expected cookies after that. The audacity. Well, that's a big nope. I'll probably skip the Spurs next ride and now I need to re-listen to Retired Racehorse Radio because I have no idea what they said from the time the bucking commenced forward, although I'll continue to play it from my boot. Hashtag that girl. Hashtag damn it, Gus. Hashtag Super frustrated. <laughs> and we are out. Not funny. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think Tiffany be mad we read it, do you? I'm going to get in trouble that. with her coach. <laughs> I, th- I think if you're posting it like that, I mean, it's a story that needs to be told. <laughs> so we had a question here that we're going to tackle from, who was this from? Gina said, how on earth does Jamie juggle training so many horses so quickly, especially when they're so different, but also OTTBs? I'm dizzy from following along. She's getting the 60 days or whatever big chunk of time it takes to train a horse. She has to evaluate and resolve them in a short time frame. How do I do that? Okay. Um, it's kind of all part of the, the fun of, of training horses is I start them all the exact same way. And I start them all from scratch. And as I, gradually build everything up, I start to see where their holes are and what they need work on. And I work on it and I, I work them every single day. Now, granted, they don't get work, worked, worked, worked crazy hard, but I start when, when I trailer the men that evening, they get a join up and I feel like the join up says, Hey, you're okay here. I speak your language next day. 
join up. And if they can have tech, then I put tech on them. And if that's easy and no big deal, and they handle the long lining really well, maybe I get on them. Maybe I don't. Maybe they need some plastic and desensitizing. Maybe they need Buck the Bear to sit on them. Uh, you just kind of evaluate each one. Now, these horses that I'm training to answer, honestly, your question is, it's not like I'm training these horses to be competition horses. The goal of horse and hound was to make these horses rideable so they could walk, trot, canter, maybe trail rider, do, uh, a, a little small jumps or something to show that they're adoptable. A horse that is, there's a video of somebody riding it is much more adoptable than a picture of a horse standing out in the field. You know what I mean? So that was our goal was to, excuse me, to make that show that these horses are rideable. So it's not like I need to teach them to go in a frame. I I've asked her, I'm like, do you want me to teach them to move off the leg to like leg yield anything? She's like, just get them to where they're, you can see that they're rideable. And a lot of them come to me, not rideable, but it's this systematic approach that we use. If you, if you follow Monty Roberts training methods, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it is so like, it's like starting at the bottom of a ladder and working your way up one step at a time up this ladder. It's so cool to watch how fast it happens when the horses are not threatened. There's no pain. There's no fear. There's nothing. It's just, it's like, what are you afraid of? Let me help you work through this. And, and they just relax and they learn so much quicker. So, um, as far as your head spinning, my head spinning too. I just had, I currently have my 26th horse from there. And we started this in November and yeah, I did. I expected to have these horses, you know, a month, but they come around so fast when you use these, these techniques and these, these kind of ideas, it's, it's amazing. So I give full credit to just being able to implement the methods that I've learned at flag is up farms with Monty Roberts. And you too can learn those methods by going to Jamie's house. That's right. I'm going to hold that intro level course here in October. And what that is, is it, it's pretty much all the things that I've been talking about. You do the join up, you learn the join up, the how to tack them, the long lining, um, the trailer loading, all of these incremental nice ways to teach horses things. And the course is going to be, October 9th through the 18th. It is 10 days solid. It is going to be an intense 10 days. We're going to get some stuff done. And, uh, I have two spots left, one or two spots left. So keep, I'm still waiting on a deposit from one person. I've had the deposit from the other person. So I'm just waiting on the deposit and that de determines how many spots I have left. If I have just one or two. So, um, at any rate, if you are interested in coming to that, go to Monty Roberts, um, sorry, flyover farm, Jamie Jennings, uh, Facebook page, and you can find out more <clears throat> about that. It's going to be really fun. It's 2,500 bucks, but again, it's intense and it will get you. If you are interested in becoming a certified Monty Roberts instructor, it will get you uh, a lot closer to it. And again, business is good for me as far as like, Hey, you're certified Monty Roberts instructor. People love him. People love him and they, lo they love the fact that they can send their horse to me and there's going to be no violence. And so I have a waiting list of horses to train. It's awesome, but I'm so busy, but yeah, it's great. 
Um, so if you are interested in doing that or you just want to learn more about how horses learn, like half of the day is classroom time where we're going to sit around and have some coffee and sit at my big table and talk horses and talk how they think and how they learn and everything like that. So it's going to be great. And when was it again? October 9th through October 18th. And uh, it's here in Norman. And there's a great, easy place, a hotel with a pool and all that really close by. So um, you can. I'm going to need a sub for those weeks, huh? I was, you know, I haven't really thought about that. So maybe that'd be a good time to take a vacation. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Do that. Hey, uh, I, I got to say one other thing that has nothing to do with horses, but I saw this this morning and I thought, well, 95% of our listeners are women. Do you want to hear a good woman story? Heck yeah. Uh, Lieutenant General Jody Daniels has been cleared to take command of the Army Reserve, the first woman to do so in its 112-year history. So she's going to now be in charge of the entire Army Reserve for the country. How about that? Wow, that is and impressive. One in five Army reservists is women now, which is the highest it's ever been. Um, so, yeah, so that's cool. I didn't realize that uh, the Navy Reserve has been headed by a woman for the last couple of years, Vice Admiral Robin Braun. And uh, so that was kind of, and the Air Force Reserve, I bet you didn't even know this, was, is being headed by General Marianne Miller who was chief awesome. of the Air Force Reserve. So and Chad is retired from the reserve unit now. So oh, uh, I was I wondering if it. he was still in it. No, 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 no. He, when he retired, he, uh, the, the way that when they sign up is different things. So he when he signed up, his was, you have to retire at 20 years, but I think he did 21 cause they needed him. So yeah, he's done. He's, so he's not, he did, can't get, nope. All? No, nope. Can't call it back. <laughs> They, From what I understand, they can't call him back. I guess they can always be called back if it gets bad enough. But <clears throat> let's hope it doesn't get that bad. <laughs> We're all in trouble if it gets that bad. If they're calling Chad, they have depleted their funds. Their their reserves are gone. <laughs> all right. That's it, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Be safe today, all right? All right, everybody. Bay Neuter Geld. I didn't say it before. Hang on, Jamie. <laughs>